Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurett. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 39 Southwest Florida and beyond. And we have a great guest on our podcast. We have Elizabeth Muniz and she is here. She happens to be a friend of mine. I'm friends with her husband as well. And she is a licensed mental health counselor and registered play therapist. That's kind of an interesting uh, name and title. It, it definitely is. It definitely. I get a lot of questions when I tell people what I do. I just <laughs> play therapist, licensed mental health counselor. And I usually say I'm a therapist. Yeah. And then people are like, what kind of therapist? And I'm like, oh, gosh, uh, I'm a mental health therapist. I provide counseling. They're like, oh, I thought you were a massage therapist. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's Can I get a okay. massage real quick? Yeah. No, uh, I'm not going to massage you here. <laughs> no, not, not, not right now. So now, this is the first time you've been in the studio. We talked about doing some different things yes. later on and, and maybe, you know, having some really cool, fun stuff. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Yeah, no, that's great. How, well, did you like it? You think the studio is kind of cool? This is pretty amazing. Cool. I mean, when I saw my my picture and my Thrive Therapy, I was like, whoa, that's me. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome. This. Well, Love the lighting, love the mood. It's great. It's yeah, awesome. and well-deserved. And you know, it's kind of funny because people come in and they do the podcast and we, we have a hard time to get them to leave because it's like it's like a cool setting. Yeah, they're like, wait, we're yeah. done? Yeah. Let's hang out. <laughs> and, we, and we actually get a little therapy out of it ourselves. Sure, you know, sure. I work Yeah, out, this could be very therapeutic. Yeah, we have, a, we have a great time with that. So, well, awesome. welcome Thank you. to the studio. We got a lot of good information and yes. I'm looking forward to... Um, you know, working with you and we have, yeah. have some cool stuff and Absolutely. we can break down some people sure. uh, at some point. That'll be a good time. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about therapy and what you do. Why do people go to therapy? Okay. So people come to therapy for many things, but I think a lot of the times when somebody comes to therapy, I think they've kind of reached their breaking point. They don't know what to do anymore. They're like, I, I'm not feeling good. This is not what I want to be doing with my life. So they're like, I think I need to talk to somebody. And it's great talking to family and to friends. They're, they're a big support system, but I think family and friends kind of just go to fix it mode, right? Let's fix the problem. Or they're kind of just like, oh, it'll be okay, fine. You'll get over it. But I think when they come to therapy, they want to see some change in their life. They're, they've pretty much had it. And they're like, I need, I, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Why am I so worried all the time? Or a lot of the times people come to therapy because of other people, unfortunately. And it's hard because we can't control other people. But how do we manage these difficult people in our life? So a lot of the things that I do see um, people coming to therapy for is depression, anxiety, trauma and loss, uh, relationships issues, some PTSD. So those are some of the, at least in my practice, some of the stuff that I see. And with children, a lot of like behavioral concerns. So they're acting out in school, they're acting out at home. Uh, some kids going through... Um, changes in family dynamics like a divorce or having to relocate because of maybe they have a parent in the military or some, some, some of that stuff. So that's kind of the stuff that I see of why people come to therapy. Now, how do you handle a person that kind of has been told they need to go to therapy? You need to go see somebody and they yeah. really probably don't feel like they should be there. Absolutely. How do you handle that? Well, it's very interesting. A lot of the times it's my teenagers that come and they're sitting in my couch and they're like, I'm not talking to this lady. This lady's not going to be able to understand me. What does she know? 
And it's hard because you got to break through to them. And I kind of tell them, I get it. You don't want to be here. You, 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 you don't even know me. Well, how is this lady going to help me? But I try to, I get at their level. And I'm like, you know what? But kind of your parents are making you be here. So we might as well make the best out of it. You know, let's, I mean, I don't tell them let's shoot the shit, but pretty much <laughs> I can tell them that. I'm a little bit more Let's bullshit a little. Let's bullshit a little bit, right? right. You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. You're going to tell me a little bit about you. But when they kind of see that I'm not making them, I mean, they got to physically be there. Their parents are like, you got to get help. And I actually tell parents, if after a couple of sessions, I'm not getting out anything out of this, you know, out of your child, I'm not going to continue seeing them. It's not fair for him. It's not fair for you. It's not fair for me. It's not fair for the next client that wants to actually come to therapy. So I really try to just get down at their level, really help them feel validated. Because a lot of the times, like their parents aren't even validating what they're feeling. They want to fix them. And I tell parents, I can't fix your child or I can't fix anybody. If I had that magic wand, I would take it. I would, you know, bop it in the head. Bam. We're fixed. And I'd probably be a millionaire having Mai Tais and Bora Bora right now. But there you I'm, go. I'm not. not at Tim's podcast. <laughs> not, yeah, I would not be at Tim's podcast right now. <laughs> well, but. I think that knowing you for, for a little while now, yeah. I think you have that knack to be able to get people to yes. talk. Yes. Because you are you like to talk and communicate. I love it. I'm a shitty listener, right? So I'm naturally a shitty listener. Yeah. I like to talk. And yeah. I like to talk over people. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of concentration, concentration for me to just sit and listen. Right. Is that a big part of your job? It's a huge part. A and lot. you're a talker. I love talking. And I actually have to kind of check myself too, where it's like, okay, I'm, and I, you know, I'm giving the feedback, I'm giving the coping skills or problem solving, but I'm like, I need to listen though. I really need to listen to what my client is saying, what my client needs. So listening, and that's one of the biggest communication skills too. We got to listen. We're always, and even as we're talking, we're trying to think of the next thing where we need to say, oh, I'm sorry, when we're listening, we're hearing what people are what? saying. What? Right? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we're thinking of the next thing to tell that person. But it's like, no, let's take a step back and really be present. And I think that's a reason why a lot of people go to therapy. They want to feel heard and they want to feel listened to. I, I hold that space for my clients. And I tell them, this is your hour. If you want to just talk about Whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about that. I mean, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty, and we're going to talk about those coping skills and those, you know, solution-focused, problem-solving. But this is your moment to talk about what you need to talk. And I'm like, if you need to cry, and this is what you want to do for the whole hour, and let's cry for the whole hour. But listening is a very big part of therapy, and that's one of the things that they really hone in on, like in graduate school. You got to listen. You got to listen. And validate. Validation is a big deal. Yeah. Like I even told my husband, validate me. <laughs> please, please. Well, I'm going to take advantage of you while, while you're here and try to get a little bit of my own, you know, freaking help while I can. <laughs> I feel that when people call me, they're okay. calling me to fix. Okay. Yes. Right. And not, but really, and the reality is they're calling me, my, like my daughter, she's awesome. She calls mm-hmm. me, but she wants me to listen yes. because I'm dad. I'm supposed to fix it. And I'm already right. trying to figure out in my way. In my brain, how am I going to fix right. this problem we got? Sure. And, and I also like, think your job, too. Back Yeah, to, my job in law always, enforcement. Yeah, yeah, you're always fixing and trying to figure things out and make sure, like, we have, like, an end solution. And sometimes we just need to be hurt. So it's okay if I just listen. Yes, All right. it's okay. Good, good. <laughs> Give no. yourself permission to listen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. It's very and I And I do find myself just, I just, I just need to listen. And I think I've been told that a couple, just listen. And that's good, you yeah. know, so that's, that's, that's important. 
What are we seeing currently? I mean, I know with this COVID thing, people oh, are going crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, we're seeing people beat the shit out of each other on planes, yes. you know, cars, road rage. Drinking, you war, know. Yeah, it's should. just it's just crazy. What yeah. are you seeing and how have you seen that change just in the last couple Absolutely. of years? I think what I've been seeing is a lot of people coming to realization that they're not okay. I think before COVID, everybody was in their hustle and bustle, right? Take the kids to school, go to work, do your thing. But I think a lot of people are coming to the realization of, I've been sitting with myself for a very long time and there's so much going on with me that I didn't realize and I need to figure myself out. So a lot of that self-reflection, figuring myself out, what am I going to be doing, not only for myself, but if it's a parent for my children, if it's a spouse for my husband or my wife. So there's a lot of that self-reflection that people are like, I need to figure myself out and I need to figure out how I can be my better self. A lot of also too, like depression. I think a lot of people being stuck at home, they're pretty much like their life to halt it, right? Like you got to yeah, work from home. Totally in pause. Yeah. yeah, totally in pause. And I think a lot of people are like, I don't know how to handle this. Interestingly enough, we were still considered essential workers. So we were able to have our office open. We did close for that one month that Florida was shut down, but Mm -hmm. I was doing telehealth, which has also been such a good avenue in my practice where if if somebody can't come to my office, I could see them via telehealth. But the minute I was able to open my office, people are like, no, we want to be in person. We want to see you at the office. I need to get away from my setting and I need to be able to just get away and just be in a space where I could just vent and I'm not worried that my husband's going to listen or my kids are going to listen. But I've also seen too a lot of anxiety because there's so much unknown. And that's what anxiety is, right? Fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. So a lot of people have been like just fearing what is life going to look like? What What's going to be, and I hate using the word new normal, but what's going to be that new norm? So that's kind of what's I've been seeing a lot. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people, like you said, you you feel like this working from home is going to be kind of cool. Oh, I, at first I was like, ooh, this could be neat. <laughs> and, yeah, right. This could be good. I don't have to do yeah. anything. I'll just get out of bed, make myself look good from right. the, you know, from, from the, the waist, waist up. <laughs> We're good. We're rocking and rolling. But right. after a couple months, I mean, you're like, shit. Yeah. I mean, I need to see we, people. I need to talk to people. Absolutely. You know? We're not used to that. Yeah. We're not used to that. And, and it, we're social beings. We need that interaction. And I mean, it's great that we have those, you know, Zoom and FaceTime where we're able to see people in other areas, but we still need that, you know, physical interaction with people. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, obviously, to get out and talk. I mean, we, in in the real estate world, Mm -hmm. and I do the real estate now that I retired from law enforcement, Mm -hmm. the real estate world, a lot of our real estate professionals work from home. Yes. But when we come in, we have a little synergy going, we have a little fun. You know, we come in our office, we're doing TikToks and we're having a good, <laughs> we get a little crazy, but Maybe we need to start doing that in my office. We, yeah. We have just fun, you know, a fun time and we, right. we talk and, we, and, and my biggest thing is like, you know, go to lunch, bullshit, come back and work right. and, you know, it, right. it, it's kind of nice. So and it gives you that break. Yeah. That break. Which you know? I think we all kind of need. Yeah. No, so. I, yeah, I would agree. So let's talk a little bit about, are you seeing in this whole COVID thing Im- impacting more or, or the same for adults and children? I would say it's the same, but in different ways. So with kids, when they had that halt from not being able to go to school, it, it, was, it was pretty disastrous in the sense where, you know, kids, are, or especially with teens, are waking up late. They're not having the, the, the interaction with their classmates or with their teachers. Their parents have had to be their teachers and 
you can't mix up those both roles. Like that's right. very, very difficult. And kids were feeling very isolated. That's definitely another one that was a big deal, that isolation. I'm not around people. I've been used to this. Now it's not the same. Um, and with adults, it's kind of the you know same thing, but in similar in, in different circumstances where you know they're not going to work. But with children, it was a little bit more difficult because I can't really do play therapy, and that, that's one of my specializations, play therapy. I can't do play therapy via Zoom like that. That's a little difficult, but you know we tried to make it work. So that was actually one of my barriers, and I had to kind of reach out to other mental health professionals um, that also do play therapy and kind of powwow, like, how can we make this work? Because more than ever, kids need these services because they're confused. They don't know what's going on. Like, how much can they understand of COVID, right? Like, they're not watching the news and understanding what's happening and helping children to understand, like, we can't get close to people now. We can't be touching things, like, hands to ourselves, that's already hard pre-COVID. Yeah, right. So, yeah, like, how are you controlling that anyway? I, I, I yeah. remember telling my stepkids, like, don't touch this. Keep your hands to yourself. Like, I don't want those Oreos. Put them back. Like, it, that's hard. Imagine COVID days, right? right? So, And then going back to school, that was a transition because they were out of school. Same for teenagers. And then mm-hmm. for some adults too, kind of that transition back to, back to work. But then there's still some uh, adults that I know that, are working from home indefinitely. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's even kind of a trend, and and mm-hmm. so a lot of the businesses have figured it out that it's doable, and it might even be cheaper. So right, yeah, you right. know, as long as they're getting the product done at the end of the day, right. and you know, all so that stuff. Have, yeah, they don't yeah. have that overhead that they got to pay for. Although I still think some businesses still have their yeah, they overhead. have their, yeah, they have yeah. the overhead, but they're just yeah, you know, sometimes easier. When I think about going to you know a therapist or talking to somebody, I feel like I'm going into the like you said, the stereotype, the, yes. the office with the chair, maybe even lean back a little bit. <laughs> Tell me about your world. So maybe how getting, does that really make you feel? You know, <laughs> hypnotized and not. Give me a little bit about what it, a visit to you looks like. Sure. Okay. So usually clients will be, you know, they usually call our office. Only had one person actually come into our office physically and be like, I want an appointment. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's not how it works. <laughs> But here's my business card and you could call our assistant and we could get you set up. Walk up. Walk yeah. in. Walk <laughs> in. Walk in, walk in therapy, right? <laughs> Which good for them. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. to be like, ah. Good for them. But they'll get scheduled for an intake appointment and that's our first appointment. And so they'll walk in and I will, the first appointment, I will get all the, I want to know my client in a nutshell. So I ask them a little bit about everything. Obviously what they're coming in for. Uh, we talk a little bit about their symptoms. So then we start talking about family history, which could get very extensive because a lot of the times there's a lot of family issues going on. Uh, we talk about work. We talk about social history. We talk about relationships. So I get pretty much their life as much as I can in a nutshell. And then we discuss what it is that they want to get out of therapy. And a lot of the common things that I get out of therapy is I want to be happier. And I'm like, well, you know, happy, it is a feeling, but it's also an action. So, so we right. got to work through that, right. right? How, what are some steps that you can take? And a lot of the times people think, oh, this, my therapist is going to fix my problems. And that's another stereotype. I wish I could fix the problems, but what I am there for is not only to provide the skills, but to provide that optimism. When my, when I see clients have lost hope, I'm like, uh-oh, we, we gotta, we gotta get them to a place where they're at least hopeful about their future and kind of what's optimism, right? Like hopefulness and, um, confidence about, about the future. So once I get all that pretty much set up, I start seeing clients once a week, uh, for about, 
I don't know, I'll say like about eight to 10 sessions just because we want to see what's working and what's not working. And usually when they do come in for their sessions, I'll kind of ask them, okay, so how have things been? What's kind of been going on? What's been fun? What's been exciting? What's not been fun? What's not been exciting? And then we get down to the nitty gritty. So if we're discussing, let's say, kind of um, relationship issues, we kind of talk a little bit about those and kind of work through those. And I like to give my clients things that they could also apply, not only a in our office, but out in the real world, because that's what therapy is about, right? We want to be able to discuss the things that we're discussing and then being able to apply those out in the real world. So usually once I start seeing that symptoms are decreasing, um, not that the client doesn't have a lot to talk about because my clients usually have a lot. <laughs> well, I think you about. have the ability to pull it out. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. It's, and I think that's kind of why I'm a therapist. Because I have that ability to live. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I kind of... It's God-given talent. Yeah. And thank, thank goodness, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the major components of therapy is to be able to have that rapport and build that trust in a therapeutic relationship. Because yeah. I've had clients come in, they want to come to therapy, but they're hesitant because they've had, you know, maybe bad experiences in the right. past. And, and it happens. But I also let clients know, like, if you don't feel like we are a good fit, there is somebody else else out there for you that will be a good fit and let's find them right you're not locking them down. yeah i'm not yeah, do, now when you get contract. up in the, yeah when you get up in the morning do you like look at your calendar and go oh shit this is going to be an interesting day oh this is maybe not so great or definitely you know because you're looking at your calendar like okay this person you know it, it definitely some days are tougher than others more interesting than others definitely more interesting than others there's definitely because i work with children and then I also work with adults that have experienced trauma. I like the I don't want to say it's drastic, but but it's so different, right? So I can't be with kids all day every day. Right. And I can't be hearing adults with trauma all day every day. So I break down my calendar in a way where I can maybe see a kid one hour and then an adult another hour. Right. And then so I really try to at least mix it up because I mean us therapists we we got drained too. Yeah, you know it's funny that I People go, well, I'm a therapist. And then you talk to this person, you're like, that's interesting. Yes. You know, because you can, you can get drained from Absol- it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you get to the end of the day. I mean, there's, there's and- times I've gone home and I'm just like silent. <laughs> and John's like, so Ellie, and he's wanting to tell me about his day. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, just a lot. I'm just decompressing. <laughs> just a lot, a lot. Just today. a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's, it's kind of cool. So when you go in there, um, now we talk about confidentiality, right? Yes. That's huge for your, huge, for your job huge. and mine prior, right? So people come in and talk to you and they tell you things, you know, I want, I want to just reinforce the fact that when they come in and talk to you, it's, it's between you guys. Absolutely. And that's one of the first things I tell my clients and I even tell the children and the teens as well, because their confidentiality needs to be protected too. Uh. So my little spiel is everything that we talk about stays within these four walls. My lips are sealed. I can't even, if I see a client out in public, I cannot go and say hi to them. I can't like, I can't acknowledge them. Right. Because Uh. what if they're with like a spouse and the spouse doesn't know that they're in therapy and then they're going to be like, who's this? Right. Yeah. Who, who are you saying hi to? I don't, I don't know this person, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who's this random person that's saying hi to you? If they do acknowledge me first, then I will. Yeah, and you don't have to get back. in the whole right. of why or what, you know, until things like that happen. Now, right? I, I do tell my clients, and I even tell, like, my teenagers, they love it. And even the kids. I'm like, well, do you have, like, a brother or a sister? And they're like, yeah, I have a brother or I have a sister. I'm like, well, I can't tell them that you think that they're a doo-doo head. And they're like, hee, hee, hee. They love it. And <laughs> right. they're like, 
And then they look at their mom and I'm like, so I can tell her anything. And the parents are like looking at me and I'm like, yep, they can tell me anything. And I keep it confidential. Obviously, the only way I could break confidentiality is if I know that they're um, harm to themselves, to others, or, or those, somebody's yeah, hurting them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And we have very similar, you know, yes. similar guidelines in law enforcement as well. Absolutely. Harm to others, you know, doing things that. It, yeah. You know, so you're just, very familiar with yeah, that. I'm yeah. sure you've had to deal with it. And, and, and that's not always easy. I mean, you take a lot into you, a lot in in the course of a day. So you're, you know, kind of like throwing that stuff up and down. And, you know, it's 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 a lot to it's a lot to, to take in, you know, course, to do. Of course. And I, I mean, I've had to, you know, do some Baker acts and have to, had to call the police because right. of it, they didn't want to go voluntarily. That was always a tough thing yes, for me because sure. what, what would happen were. You know, I, I talked to kids at school. I was, you know, working at Naples High School for, I think I was there for five years, you know. So one day I had like three kids lined up ready to go to, you know, get Baker acted. Yeah. And that's basically when they're in danger of themselves or others. So Absolutely. what happens is they come in and they tell you things and they go past that threshold and you have an obligation by law to, you know, take action. Absolutely. And if you don't, God forbid, the kid goes home, hurts himself. And of course, once you make that decision, well, no, I didn't mean it that way. Well, Let's go have you talk to a professional right? and then let them make that determination because me as a you know law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. I, I can do it, but I don't have the skills. And, you know, and, and I don't think anybody really knows exactly what's going through someone's mind. Absolutely. You know, especially today's day and age. Uh, yeah. Have you ever dealt with a situation where, you know, young kids maybe have had friends that have committed suicide or hurt themselves and they're thinking about doing that same type of thing or maybe there's some sort of pack going on at school? Have you been involved in any I, of that? Yes, I have been involved. There was, um, this was many years ago, a, a child did commit, not a child, it was a teenager, had committed suicide. And a lot of kids were coming into therapy for it. And they're like, we've actually had feelings of that, but we've never acted on it. And mm-hmm. it's scary that somebody did. And I'm like, absolutely. So a lot of the times kids are scared to talk about it because they don't know what the repercussions are going to be. And a lot of kids don't know about Baker Act. So when, I've, right. when I ask them, have you ever been Baker Acted before? Because that's one of the questions, because I'm trying to assess for that. And they're like, huh, what? But a lot of the times, there's a difference between those suicide and self-harm. Just because somebody is self-harming doesn't mean that they are suicidal right, either. Right, right. So a lot of the times, because we don't know what's going on in somebody's brain and their emotions and in, in their heart, they're going through so much and they have no escape but to then hurt themselves. And then parents are like, oh, my God, my child is suicidal. They're, they're cutting and they're cutting their wrist or wherever it is that they choose to, to harm themselves. And I'm like, well, just, I mean, I'm glad you got them in here because we, we need a start. To, this is a huge start. Uh, but just because they're harming themselves doesn't mean that they want to die. They just don't know how else to release all these emotions. Right. And I've even had a client saying, just if I were to cut myself and I see the blood coming out, it was almost like this release of emotion and it made me feel better. Because it was like mm. externally coming out. And that's pretty deep. Yeah, that's, that's really pretty deep. deep. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, with those clients, I try to at least give them those coping skills and mechanisms to be able to not harm as much. And it's not like we can't either, we can't go cold turkey either, but we, the goal is to not harm anymore and find those healthier coping skills as, as an emotional outlet. I teach school resource officers mm-hmm. in the summer for the Office of the Attorney General. And we have, I teach actually the signs and symptoms of, yeah. you know, potential dangers to kids. Sure. And they do do things and they do have packs. They do communicate with each other. Um, the one thing that really bothers me sometimes is when, say, somebody does commit suicide in a school, you'll, mm-hmm. 
they'll have a Facebook up or Instagram and people will still continue to post. And it kind of concerns me because I sometimes don't think that these kids realize that when you commit suicide, it's, it's, it's done. It's forever. It's, it's over. It's, it's ending. Yeah, it's forever. So I think they kind of almost think that when somebody does that, that it kind of, yeah. you know, continues, you know, they, they can read those and comments. And, right, and, and, we, and we, we don't there. know, but we, we, they're not there. Absolutely. And I, you know, if I do have suicidal clients, I mean, just even a doubt, obviously I have to Baker Act, but because I mean, if not, like, I'm like, I, I'll lose my license. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And your life is and precious. You, and, and you want the right, we want to do the right thing. Absolutely. You know, your life is precious and yeah. I, I want you here. Right. Uh, but then I also let them know I've never met somebody that's uh, been successful. That's committed suicide because it's, it's like you said, it's, it's done. It's, forever and it's that's it so right i was like maybe it's too small of an answer but it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem and right and that's very well said i mean it, that's kind of cliche and that's no, said absolutely. a lot but the reality is it's like listen if if you only knew what you knew when your boyfriend broke up with you when you were 16 years old in high school right yeah. if you only knew that hey there's gonna be a lot more so much <laughs> more so but you know and i used to talk to kids like listen i know it hurts i know it feels feels bad and right does, right yes. now and it does it rips but you got a whole life ahead of you think yes. things are good yes. you know and that's what you have to reinforcement you know, i guess reinforcement yeah. validation and instilling that there is going to be something out there for you it's yeah. going to get better it might feel like shit right now and i get it it might even be better by the end of the weekend you never know by <laughs> like, tonight it's going to be perfect <laughs> yeah right you just <laughs> never know but i think that you know just letting kids know I, and i and i really like dealing with kids. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's kind of my, my strength as well. And working yes. in law enforcement for as many years as I did, as always work with the young people yeah. for a lot of it, a yeah. lot of the time. So it was definitely a thing. That's awesome. Um, what's the differences between a therapist, a psychologist and a psychi- uh, psychiatrist? What are some of, cause everybody kind of gets like those yes. mixed up. Yeah. So call me like Dr. Muniz. And I'm like, no, 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 doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> the kids call me Miss Ellie though. It's so cute. Ellie, yeah. <laughs> but so the difference, um, Let's see, I'll start off with a psychiatrist. So a psychiatrist is actually a, they're a medical doctor. They, they went MD. through med school. They're an MD. And, mm-hmm. But their um, niche is psychiatry, mental health. So they are actually able to prescribe medication. So okay. they are the ones that, you know, they'll give the antidepressants, the anti-anxiety. They're the ones that are able to give that. A psychologist and a therapist are very similar, but the differences are, I mean, all three of them have the common um, theme of we're trying to help people's mental health. But a psychologist, they're more of a researcher. So they're more like a scientist practitioner. They do do therapy, which is the same as um, a therapist, and they're able to provide counseling, but they're also able to do like testing. So if somebody wants to let's say a child needs to get tested for ADHD or autism, they're able to provide that or uh, be able to test for depression and anxiety. Whereas a therapist, we don't have that researcher side and we are strictly just therapy and counseling for the client. Okay. So that's kind of the differences. But sometimes they go, oh, I'm going to go see the psychologist or have you even been called a psychiatrist? I'm like, nope, not me. Yeah. Didn't go to medical school. Right. <laughs> Didn't right. make it there. <laughs> up another level maybe at yes. some point. Yeah. So yeah. So therapy is a master's level while right. psychologists are a doctoral level. Okay. So they'll have okay. a PhD, which is a doctor of philosophy. And those PhD psychologists are more researchers. So they're um, researching and finding data and it could be on many, many things. Right. But 
they are also able to provide that testing portion of things that us therapists can't do. I think some states do allow therapists to do that, but not in Florida. Right, yeah. right. So there's some niches, right? So everybody, I think most businesses, we have it in real estate, right? You're sure. good at residential versus commercial or maybe, sure. you know, high-end residential or whatever the case may be. And, and, and like that in law enforcement, you know, we have niches once we right. have the basics down, but once you know, you, you get to a certain spot, you, you do something different in, in your, in your field. Now you have a couple niches or at least one I know of. Yes. So you're a registered play therapist. Now yes, that sounds like kind of fun. We talked a little bit about that. What makes you different than others out there? Sure. So being that, like we talked about earlier, like we have to get out of kids levels. Kids can't verbalize like us adults do. So being a registered play therapist, first of all, it's very fun. I am playing with my clients. Yeah. Like I am down. Yeah. We're playing with the sand. We're Play-Dohing. What, kind of, what kind of toys do you have? You know, oh. we have like the cool <laughs> stuff that we used to have when we were kids. You know, we were like... Maybe not that Tractors. Cool. And, you know, we, our toys back then were like pretty cool. And, and, they, and they were durable. Yeah, they're durable. Now it's now like a you know, one-time have. deal, right? Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. And then the kids get tired of it. <laughs> they're like, right, I'm done right. with this. Bye. Yeah. But we have specific, like, therapeutic chosen toys. Like, we don't have, like, you know, Spider-Man and, like, the tractor trailer, like, going around the office, right? But we have, like, specific therapeutic toys that um, are specific to the different themes that we're looking at. Okay. But being a registered play therapist, we have had an additional two years of training. And therapy is a lifelong learning career. Like, I'm always learning and I'm always... Because you can't, you can't stay stagnant, but... With play therapy, you do an extra two years of training where not only are you getting like, I think it's like 150 hours of play therapy education to really learn like the child development, the applications and the theories, but you're also doing a lot of hours and, and you're not being physically supervised by somebody, but you have a supervisor that you discuss your cases with and how this child is progressing through the use of play. Mm -hmm. And um, we kind of came, it, it was very interesting because when I, we opened up our practice, uh, we were in the process of becoming play therapists. And then we finally did. And um, because we have another play therapist, my business partner is a play therapist as well. And um, we really niched out play therapy and how it's helpful for children because it's really the language that kids can talk to us about. And of course, having the training of understanding these themes that the kids play out and we have had parents come in and they're like, oh my God, thank God you're just not going to have that child on the couch and ask them how he's feeling because I've tried that and I can't get anything out of him. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you can. Yeah. Um, but with play therapy, you're really able to connect with the child and also using play to teach the child different problem solving skills, communication skills, uh, coping skills. So we're able to really use those resources of the toys that we have in our room and helping the child really communicate with us through that. And then, of course, sometimes I'll just do the free play and we'll just, you know, have fun together because sometimes things can get really heavy for a kid. Yeah. And they're just like, whoa, did that just happen? I'm like, yeah, it did. What do you think about that? And then he'll show me with the toys what he thinks mm -hmm. about it. So, Can you give me an example? Like, have you seen like a, maybe a, a kid with an adult toy with the mother and physical yeah. abuse or you know, Absolutely, domestic yes. violence or whatever. Have yes. you ever seen something like that Definitely. play out? Definitely. So very interesting. A lot of the times, because I know what's going on with the kid, obviously I have an idea. We've done the assessment and I know what's kind of um, the struggles the kid is going with. Uh, we have a huge dollhouse and 
you will see the kids, you know, grabbing because we have different figures that represent, you know, family members or whatnot. Right. And you'll see the the kid, you know, beating up the other toy and they're just like, you know, saying all this like nasty stuff. And I'm like, wow, that they're they're really angry. And he's like, yes, they are. And he's like, and he starts throwing the toy across the, across the room. I'm like, oh, the toys are not for throwing. Let's <laughs> let's let's bring it back. Throw them a little bit, like push them. <laughs> it's, it's okay to throw within the house. Within the house right? Right. You got to set those limits. And sometimes it's hard right. because I don't want to set too many rules. Right, because you want to open up. I want them to open up. Uh, interestingly enough, another theme that I've seen that I've, I find fascinating is the nurturing theme. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot with kids that have been neglected. So if let's say there's a parent that's working three jobs and, you know, this child is almost like the caregiver of like the other kids, like I will see them going to my play kitchen and they're just cooking up like a Thanksgiving feast for me. And then they bring it, they're like, what else do you want? I'm like, oh, I think this is enough. No, you need more. I'm like, okay, you can make me whatever you want, right? (laughs) And or they'll, um, if I've seen like kids with trauma, I will see them kind of replay the trauma over and over. If I've seen like, you know, something as, you know, harsh as sexual abuse, like I will see like the child like really like cleaning the baby doll and just making sure it's squeaky clean. So these are kind of the themes right. that I see and, and, and right. it's without having to like question the child or we're not going to question the child about it. Right. We want them to express themselves the best way that they know how and just being there to to validate and also to like kind of process with them what it is. And I think using the toys to kind of help to put that degree of separation from the kids where they don't feel like they're physically like, you know, verbalizing what it is that they're going through, but they're showing me. So it gives that degree of separation of like, oh, I don't have to tell this lady everything like or right. like verbalize right. it. I could I could show them. I could show her in my play and she'll understand. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. interesting. And I'm sure you get parents that come in and they say, hey, Johnny or Susie, I can't, I can't control. I, I don't know what to do. We, we kind of talked about earlier. I mean, spank your kid. I mean, or I mean, I mean, I, I have had to go out in the community and say, listen, folks, your culture is maybe a little bit different than ours here. Sure. But in our country, we're not allowed to go after our kids with, you know, irons, uh, yeah, belts, belts or, coat yeah. hangers, things yeah. like that. I said, maybe there's a discipline point or a threshold, but there's there's certain things. I mean, spanking your kid. Have you ever been asked? If yeah. I can do that? I've, yeah, I've been like, or, or they've just told me, you know, the only way I can control my child is spanking my child. Right. And I'm like, well, that's a very temporary solution. You got their attention and it hurts. Right. But did that solve anything? Right. Are they still doing those behaviors? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so let's talk so we gotta about it. We got to dig deeper. Let's right. dig a little deeper. And working with kids, I probably do half the work with the child, half the work with the parent. Okay. So that makes it, sense. it's, it's. I, I do have parents that are like, okay, here's my child. I'll be back in an hour. I'm like, well, no, first I still need you in the building because of safety reasons. So you <laughs> yeah. can't leave. We have a lot. I got to get my nails done. Yeah. I'm like, well. Uh, <laughs> babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yes. I'm not, I'm not a babysitter. <laughs> I'm not going to play with your child for an hour and then yeah. you go home. But right. I have to kind of help give those parenting skills to the parents yeah. that might think like, okay, spanking is the solution or, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, tell them about corporal punishment. That's not okay. Right. Uh, but letting them know, like you might feel that that's the solution at that moment, but you're also maybe validating to that child that, Hey, it's, it's okay for now me to do that as an adult to my children. Like, you know, not self-disclosing so much, but my mom is Cuban. She used to take out the, the, the flip flop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. there's the chancleta. Mm-hmm. But, 
never used it because I was too scared to. Yeah. To like, oh, okay, mom, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'll do it every time. Yeah, whatever you want. Um, but it's working with the parents too and giving them those parenting skills to be able to parent a little bit better. And sometimes the parents just want to feel hard. They're frustrated. I'm like, I get it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of things we can talk about and I'm I looking know. forward to the future stuff. We got so <laughs> yes, much good. Me too. And then what we want to do probably is, you know, when you have free time, I get a little counseling here, um, but we could probably, you know, answer some questions. Yes. And if you have something, just, you know, yeah, let us know. Even some and, of yeah. your listeners. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot, yeah. um, a lot of listeners and, you know, like our page, our, our Facebook yes. page is always good. And we, we have a good time with this. So, yeah, anything else to throw awesome. in? You no, know, let's do it. I'm, thank you so, so much for coming. This is awesome. This is so much fun. Yeah. Do you believe it takes, you know, we're at 36 minutes. What? Yeah. I thought it was like 15. 36 I minutes. I like I have more to talk about. Yeah, we got so much more to talk about. Yeah, but awesome. it's it's so good. But we will save some for future podcasts. Yes, absolutely. Um, we are almost up to 100 podcasts right Ooh, now. We're, I think we're, this is maybe like 85, I believe, coming up. Or this might be 85 or 86. So. Ooh, 100 is going to be a good Yeah. Woo, party. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, 239, Uncensored Anything, Southwest Florida and beyond. And we always say we're out. We are out. Out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.